Job chapter 34. Moreover, Elihu answered, Hear my words, you wise men. Give ear to me, you who have knowledge. For the ear tries words as the palate tastes food. Let us choose for us that which is right. Let us know among ourselves what is good. For Job has said, I am righteous. God has taken away my right. Notwithstanding my right, I am considered a liar. My wound is incurable, though I am without disobedience. What man is like Job, who drinks scorn like water, who goes in company with the workers of iniquity and walks with wicked men? For he has said, It profits a man nothing that he should delight himself with God. Therefore listen to me, you men of understanding, Far be it from God that he should do wickedness, from the Almighty that he should commit iniquity. For the work of a man will render to him, and cause every man to find according to his ways. Yes, surely God will not do wickedly, neither will the Almighty pervert justice. Who put him, who put him in charge of the earth, or who has appointed him over the whole world? If he set his heart on himself, if he gathered to himself his spirit and his breath, all flesh would perish together, and man would turn again to dust. If now you have understanding, hear this. Listen to the voice of my words. <laughs> Should even one who hates justice govern? Will you condemn him who is righteous and mighty, who says to a king, vile, or to nobles, wicked. He doesn't respect the persons of princes, nor respect the rich more than the poor, for they are all the work of his hands. In a moment they die, even at midnight. The people are shaken and pass away. The mighty are taken away without a hand. For his eyes are on the ways of a man. He sees all his goings. There is no darkness nor thick gloom, where the workers of iniquity may hide themselves. For he doesn't need to consider a man further, that he should go before God in judgment. He breaks mighty men in pieces in ways past finding out, and sets others in their place. Therefore he takes knowledge of their works. He overturns them in the night, so that they are destroyed. He strikes them as wicked men, in the open sight of others." because they turned away from following him and wouldn't pay attention to any of his ways, so that they caused the cry of the poor to come to him. When he heard the cry of the afflicted, when he gives quietness, who can then condemn? When he hides his face, who then can see him? He is over a nation or a man alike, that the godless man may not reign that there be no one to ensnare the people. For he, for has any said to God, I am guilty, but I will not offend any more. Teach me that which I don't see. If I have done iniquity, I will do it no more. Shall his recompense be as you desire that you, refu that you refuse it? For you must choose and not I. Therefore speak what you know. Men of understanding will tell me, yes, every wise man who hears me. Job speaks without knowledge. His words are without wisdom. I wish that Job were tried to the end because of his answering like a wicked man.
like wicked men, for he adds rebellion to his sin, and he claps his hands among us and multiplies his words against God. These are the comments for Job 34, and we're in the middle of a big speech by Elihu, the 18th speech of the book. Now, at the start of this chapter, it's the third chapter out of the six chapters that Elihu's speaking, and it starts out by saying, Moreover, Elihu answered. So it kind of sounded like someone said something, and now he's answering them. But, but the truth is, he's just been speaking. He just speaks through these six chapters. But it says, Moreover, he answered. Well, because this chapter starts like that, some people have called this the second speech of Elihu. It's the same speech. It's the same speech goes for six chapters, but because of that, the first two chapters, they some people call the first speech of Elihu. Chapter 34, they call the second speech of Elihu. Chapter 35, they call the third speech of Elihu because it also starts with a moreover. And I'm pretty sure it's chapter 36 or it's 37, they call the fourth speech of Elihu because it also starts with a moreover. So anyway, I mention that because if anyone ever talks about the speeches of Elihu or the second speech of Elihu, well, now you know what that is. It's, it's just one big speech, but they call the, the subsections the first, second, the third, and the fourth speech of Elihu. It's in this chapter that he really starts to get down on Job. Like he said some things in the last chapter that were, were correct, were true, helpful, interesting. Here he says, in verse 8, he says that Job walks with wicked men. In verse 36, he says, I wish that Job were tried to the end because he answers like wicked men. And I want to say that, yeah, he may have said things that sounded like wicked men, but sometimes what you say can sound good or can sound bad depending on the context of it and um, also depending on the heart. And that's why the Bible says, do not judge until the appointed time, because sometimes things that look bad are actually okay, and sometimes things that look okay are actually bad. But here, Elihu says he wished that Job were tried because he answered like wicked men. In verse 37, Elihu says that Job adds rebellion to his sin. He claps his hand among us and multiplies his words against God. So Elihu has looked at all the things that Job has said, all the speeches, and he has labelled Job as a wicked speaker and a rebel. Now, would you say that Job was a wicked speaker and a rebel? I would say that the most... Re <laughs> when I think of someone who's rebellious, I would think, of, you know... I think of someone like, say, a teenager that won't do what they're told. You know, I'd say, oh, there's a rebellious teenager. Or you think of like a minority party in a country that overthrows the government, or like a coup. You know, you think of someone that rises up and attacks. I, I can't think of any examples in any of the speeches that we've been through where Job has attacked God. I can't think of anything where he's blamed God. He has certainly questioned God, and he says, why did this happen? He has certainly maintained his innocence. He has said things like, I wish I was never born, but I can't think of anything that fits the category of rebellious. And I, I'm not sure why Elihu would have said this, but sometimes I think in the moment of an argument, <laughs> maybe it felt like he was rebelling, not against God, but maybe it felt like he was rebelling against them. And because they think they're right, maybe it feels to them like he's rebelling against God. I think it's healthy as a Christian to question God. Not to blame, 
not to rebel, not to fight. But you remember way back in the book of Genesis, you know, Jacob was a, a cantankerous fellow, uh, a mischievous guy. But one night he met the Lord at the riverbank at Penuel and he wrestled with God. And then the Lord changed his name to Israel. And Israel means one who wrestles with God. And I would say that Job here is someone who's not rebelling against God, but someone who's wrestling with God. And I think that's a good thing to do. <laughs> and this actually comes before the Jacob story in any case. But uh, I encourage you to wrestle with God. I encourage you to get on your knees and take up matters with the Lord and ask him why. Don't blame him. Don't fight him. Don't challenge him. But, but you know, wrestle with him and bring him to the place where there's a conclusion. And that is what Job does. And that's what we will find in this book very soon from chapter 38 onwards. We'll find the Lord speaks and we have conclusion. So he's not a rebel. Lord, we, we thank you for this speech that continues, but we throw away the words of Elihu that called Job a rebel. And we see that he wasn't a rebel. And Lord, I ask that rebellion would also be far from us. Lord, keep us from the sin of rebellion. Keep us from speaking like wicked people. Lord, I pray that we would have grace. In Jesus' name, amen.